Steve Bruce said a couple of games ago, we're almost there and it couldn't feel more true at the moment. Pre-season is almost over. It feels like it's gone on forever, but we're just one game away from the start of the championship season. And my God, are we getting excited about it on the Baggies broadcast? I'm Johnny Drury and as always, I'm joined by Barry Baggies correspondent and my mate Joe Massey. Joe, I'm not going to make any Boris Johnson comparisons this week, mate. I'm just going to ask you, how are you doing? Um, thank you for not making any more Boris Johnson comparisons. One is definitely enough. Um, but yes, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Thank you very much. Um, crazy busy, crazy busy, but that's with all sorts of different things. But um, good, mate. Yeah, good. I, I agree with you completely with what you just said uh, and kind of with Steve Bruce. I mean, we probably, uh, it's just uh, Berlin, though. Interesting and friendly. I think we're all um, um, excited by that one. That's a little bit different, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see them come to the Hawthorns and it's at the Hawthorns, which is nice. Um, but wow. Um, pre-season has dragged on a little bit. Um, it's dragged on. Um, and yeah, we were bored before we went to um, Oxford the other night, and then that forty-five minutes—I forty-five minutes—was absolutely only, hilariously dull. It really was. Not only were we bored, I probably sweated more in that first half than I did when I ran the London Marathon a few years ago. I did enjoy it. Oh, you just gave up at one point and just started doing other work. I thought that was class. Oh, I doubt it was after about five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you did find that quite funny, didn't you? But yeah, there we go. We're getting to the end of uh, end of preseason, but uh, I think we should stress that though. You live in like you live in you live an hour from my house, further north. You had to, it took you three hours to get to Oxford on Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday. Two forty-five. Not that it makes a difference to the story, but but it's a hell of a way. Like it's a jerk. Two forty-five is a proper proper away day. That is a real like effort. And you were just sat in the ground with the game in front of you doing all your work you could have just been doing at home. I thought it was hilarious, mate. I travel all that way just to give the Baggies fans a platform to talk after the game, so they better bloody appreciate it. <laughs> no. All for, oh, the love of, all for the love of Albion, because I get paid to do it as well. That's another thing that helps. <laughs> um, we were an hour and 44 minutes last week because we had so much to talk about. Don't get used to that. This will be less than an hour today. I will make sure of it. Uh, but we've still got plenty to talk about. And we're going to go straight in on the number one topic of the week. Joe, we spoke about that quite a lot last week, didn't we? So there's not an awful lot more to say. We spoke about it on the video at, at Oxford on Tuesday evening. Uh, OK, Kushley done and dusted this week. Um, all the OK puns have been burnt out and used. I think I've used all my quota for the rest of the season, probably. But big, big sign in, in reality. You know, it is if he can hit the heights or, or show us glimpses of what he showed, albeit in that relegation season. But when he gave Albion a fighting chance after January. Um, he should be one of the top performers this season, shouldn't he? should be one of the best players in the league by a mile, really. He's going to be, as long as... He, there are obviously these fitness concerns. Not fitness concerns. I think it's the concerns are with his stamina, really. Like, just that he can last the pace, but for 90 minutes. But Albion, I've got five substitutes next season, so I think we should remember that. Um, but look, forget all those that negative start. He is absolutely top draw and he's going to be an absolutely top, top, top championship player. There's no doubt in my mind he's a Premier League player. He excelled for having the Premier League really. Like he, when he came in, the midfield, the, di- the, the dynamic of the midfield completely changed. I think we have to make the point that in that season in the Premier League, he had Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Conor Gallagher either side of him. I mean, there is a lot of energy there. Um, probably energy is the strongest characteristics of those two players, if we're being honest. So, they gave, they had give him a platform, but on the ball, physically, he was reading of the game. He can do it. He, he's 
defensively very, very sound. He's just a very, very good sort of holding midfielder who can play. I mean, he, he can genuinely play. I can remember Sam Allardyce coming in and saying what he wanted was a holding midfielder that could play. Um, and he, they got him in Yukazlu. Um, his passing range is superb. He can drive forward with the ball, but defensively he's very good. We know that when he was playing for Getafe, I think, last season, he was playing at centre-back. So, yeah, massive, Vers- massive. Versatility as well. That Albion, I think we spoke about it, didn't we? So Albion and the side now have got, you know, Taylor Gardner-Hickman's played in multiple positions. Adam Reach has played in multiple positions. OK, Yukazlu can play in a couple of positions. Matt there Phillips. Was, Matt Phillips can play in that. There's four utility men, as you want to see, versatile players. You know, that's only going to be an asset or add to that asset for Bruce, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. I think um, he's just a great signer. He's just a top signer. And he, would any, could any other championship club have signed him? But I probably, probably don't think they could. The reason why he's come to Albion and into the, cha- the reason why he's come to the championship is because he loves Albion. He loved his time at the club. It's without doubt where he's played his best football over the last couple of years. He loved living in Birmingham, um, from what I'm told. So, <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, once he became available after Steve Bruce said the ship had sailed, it was yeah, the Albion had to get him in. I mean, he's reduced his wages to come in, from what we understand. Like he's he's done everything he can to make this move happen. I mean, you couldn't, you can't ask for any more. Albion had to do this deal. The issue, there isn't an issue with his work permit, but I think it's worth just talking about the work permit situation, which is that it is because we got about nineteen questions on it, so this will cover all the questions in one one oh, hit. Good. Right, so let's do that now then. So the work before the war in Ukraine. This is my understanding of the situation anyway. But before the war in in Ukraine, um, before war in Ukraine, there was a, the situation was that football clubs or elite sportsmen at all levels really could pay for their work permit application for it to be sped up. You could basically by paying X amount of money you could jump to the front of the queue. Since the war, since the Ukraine war, that has not been the case. Um, so, okay, you could Lou applied for a work permit and, and is in the same application process as everyone else applying for a work permit to come into the UK. Um, that takes time. Um, we don't, we still don't know when he is going to arrive. Um, we're not sure exactly what day he will be in the UK. I think what we can say with almost, with quite a lot of certainty, not complete certainty, but I think the middle, in terms of starting the Middlesbrough game, I think that's going to be too soon for OK Kuzlu. He he will be here before then. I'm not saying he won't be here before then, but he hasn't had a pre-season. Um, he hasn't played any pre-season friendlies. And we're putting some quotes out from Bruce on this tomorrow, actually. Um, but Bruce has essentially said that, uh, well, Pre-season's massive, and even if, like, obviously the games are such an integral part of it, but just a general pre-season, doing that fitness work is so important to set you up for the season ahead. Um, and then, on top of that, he hasn't played any games. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a massive ask for you could lose to be in for Middlesbrough. I don't even know if Watford's a realistic possibility, to be honest. Um, but... He will be here soon. He will have to take spend some time getting up to full fitness. But when he does, what a player. I'm sure he's going to be brilliant. Yeah, I'm sure he will be. Just a couple of questions on that. You know, as we're led to believe, you know, the reason he comes to the championship and back to Albion is because he loved Albion. You know, there's not many people who can say that, you know, unless you're an Albion fan and you're a professional football and Albion come in for you. You know, there's not there's, there aren't players out there who are clamouring going, 
I want to go to West Brom. I want to go sign for West Brom because I love the club. You know, it's quite refreshing to see, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's, he, he just, I mean, you got to remember, like a lot of players, they take time to adapt to playing in a different country, don't they? Like you, you're not, you see it so many times with people, who, with players who come from abroad that takes them a couple of months, maybe even six months before they really hit the ground running. But that wasn't the case at all. Because as soon as he came in, he felt at home. And I think, I think we all know, sort of in our heart of hearts, that his game suits England better than Spain. He's a physical player. Um, and you've got to have that stature to play in the Premier League um, in particular, but he's got that stature. So I think it's just, I think because Luke, yeah, is, is be- best off in England. Um, and look, if there had been Premier League interest, would he have gone there? Probably. You don't know, do you? But I mean, we just don't know. But he, he, wanted, he, he wanted to come to Albion and to get him over the line is massive because he is a Premier League player. He really, I mean, he's a. He's won 40 caps for Turkey, for goodness sake. I mean, he's a very, very, very good footballer. To sign a Turkish international in the championship is unheard of, isn't it, really? Uh, and that's what Albion have done. Yeah, just in terms of the the business that's been done as a whole, you know, I mentioned this to you and another one of the reporters on, I think it was Tuesday, and or it might have been one of the other games, and something I just spotted on social media where a fan asked, would West Brom have done the business that they have done so far in the window? had Bruce not been in charge. I'm minded to say I don't think they would have done. I don't think they would have got all of Jed Wallace, John Swift and OK Yukushlu. Potentially, yeah. well, we know the links to Wallace. I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on it, really. It's, it's, it's a really good take. Someone, yeah, you said it to me, didn't you, on Tuesday night? You don't think they would have got, you know, like, yeah. I mean, look, I really like, I'm, I really like Steve Bruce. So I kind of want to go into back from it. I think he's a lovely man. I really do. I think he's such a nice guy. Um, and he's so good, like with the media. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to go into. But I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Look, I think I said on this podcast ages ago, ages ago, that I th- I'd always back Steve Bruce to get players in when there's got rival clubs. I think when you sit down with Steve Bruce, he's just warm. Like I've said it so many times. Like there's just something about him. He's he's just a bit cuddly, isn't he? Like he's just a bit cuddly. Like it's just something about him that like you just like. I've, did I say on this on the podcast before? Have you ever seen um? On CBBC, they do like bedtime stories. No, I haven't got children, pal. Yeah, don't really, don't like, really tend to watch CBBC. But they get like massive people doing them. They get like Tom Hardy's done Tom one. Hardy, stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, everyone knows that. Like, like Steve Bruce would be brilliant at reading one of those stories. Like, well, just, we all know what we all know what Bruce is going to be doing now when he hangs up his uh, his suit. BBC needs to give him a ring. He'd be absolutely fantastic. Like reading one of those bedtime stories. It's just something. It's just. He's just. He's really nice. And so. You all, everyone knows that Wallace and Swift had multiple offers this summer. Everyone knows that. If I'm being honest, I don't think OK Kushlu's got anything to do with Steve Bruce. No. Um, if I'm being honest. Um, Swift and Wallace would have had multiple offers. They'd have obviously met with all those clubs. They'd have obviously met with all those managers. I would always back Steve Bruce in that situation um, to, for them to want to play for Steve Bruce because he is a nice guy. He has won promotion before. He makes you feel. He makes every. He's one of those people who makes everyone who's he's around feel good. Steve Bruce. He's got so much time for everyone and stuff. He's, um, the only thing I will say to reverse that is let's not let's not underplay what a massive club West Bromwich Albion are and like what a still a big draw Albion are. Like, all right, we finished tenth last season. I was, it was a dreadful season, but 
Albion are one of the few clubs in the league who get parachute payments. I can't think off the top of my head how many it is. Obviously, it's the three that came down. Um, Sheffield, Sheffield United came down with us, didn't they? So they, they'll get parachute payments next season. But So there's probably five clubs that got parachute payments. If When Wallace and Swift left their respective clubs, they were going to the Premier League or to the Championship, to the Championship Club of Parachute Payments, realistically. They were only going to go to what compete for promotion or to the Premier League. They're, they're as good as it gets in the Championship. Like They deserve to be, at the very least, at the top of it. They, they, they both probably deserve a shot. Well, they do deserve a shot in the Premier League, to be honest, because they've proven themselves at this level time and time and time again. So there's definitely a Bruce factor. Definitely is. But it's the it's still the Albion factor. Like, Albion's still... Yeah, I get that. The only reason I mention it is because... It's not like Albion were going to be competing against low-level championship teams for them players. It would have been, as you said, high, the big boys in the championship. Plus, if what we're led to believe is right, there was a couple of Premier League clubs sniffing around. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the Premier League interest. I'm not sure. Look, I think if I've heard things like if Bielsa had stayed at Leeds, I think there's a very good chance Swift would have gone to Leeds in terms of, or Leeds would have been really heavily in for him this summer when. I think Bielsa was very big on John Swift. So I think when that when he left there, that possibly closed that door. I don't know about other interest in Wallace and Swift from the Premier League, but um yeah, I think I think I think I've been on a massive pull. I, I, like, that's never gonna change on my like I yeah. still think I've been on a massive pull. Uh, so I definitely think Bruce played a part, I do, but I, I still think I've been run a great chance of signing them without him. Um but but he but he will only help in those situations because He's just good at that stuff, that side of it, definitely. Because he's a cuddly future CBBC presenter. That's why. CBC, that's yeah, he is, he is, he is. They should yeah. get him to do it. He'd be brilliant. I can't, <laughs> like, he'd be great. Uh, we've touched on Crew and Oxford and all the other games in our post-match videos. Um, just for the other night, Oxford, God, it was hot. It was that, that, <laughs> that call, that call box helped, didn't it? Call box was genius. But I love, I love because people won't realise this, but we're doing this on a video call. We'd normally just do it on. Normally, I can't see your wonderful Welsh face when we're talking. But, like, even then, when your face, when you said, God, it was hot, like, you were feeling it then, weren't you? You were back. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you were back in the Oxford heat. I was back in that car, mate, just sweating. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was warm. It was very warm. It was warm. Um, the box was brilliant. You're right. And he even came with little fans, didn't you? Yeah, it didn't really do much on the way down, though, did it? No, I have it's to, a thought, mate. It's a thought. I, I have to credit my wonderful mother-in-law for both of them. Uh, them uh, she, well, it was my idea for the call box. She supplied it. It's a bloody good pool box as well. And she supplied the fan, but it was just blowing hot air on the way down, so we took it out <laughs> straight away. Um, just an observation. I, I tweeted about it yesterday, and I know some said, you know, DK went off at halftime at Oxford. You know, no one did much in the first half at Oxford, let's be honest, apart from me. Mm. Doing all my work on my laptop. You grafted, mate. You grafted. Yeah, I grafted in the heat. Um, but DK, you know, we've seen we've seen flourishes, haven't we, in in, in preseason? Took his goal well against Northampton. He's had a few chances. Um, few fans already. You know, we get little comments when we walk around grounds, don't we? Talking to people, someone comparing him to Anna Chaby, and fans go, "Oh, he's going to be a waste of money and all this." But you know, I'm pretty strong on this. The guy needs time, and he needs a lot more time. You know, I just wanted to get your take on it, really. Yeah, no, nah, yeah. He, he de- I think, the, yeah, he definitely needs more time. <laughs> definitely needs, the, yeah, our, our big £7 million strike, I hope. Yeah, definitely needs more time. I mean, like, there's so much to his game that's so positive. So much to his game that's so positive. 
Yeah, look, he's only scored once in preseason. Is like if he has looked rusty. If we're being honest, he has looked rusty. But again, Bruce was asked about him after the Oxford game, and he hadn't played football since November. That was his last competitive game of football. Last competitive for Orlando. Game. So we've got November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. So it's eight months. Long eight time. Months. And look, you can see it in DK. You can see it in him. Like I've seen him play a couple of passes that have not reached where they were supposed to go. This preseason, he's absolutely furious with himself. Like it, it's not things just haven't quite come off from this preseason. It's, it, it's definitely rustiness. Um, there is also definitely an element of um, the opposition we've played against. I, there's only been once or twice when he's been slipped in. Like he's, he's. I mean, he's absolutely rapid, um, so powerful, and. He's been slipped in twice in preseason, and both times the defender has got back and made a really good recovering challenge on him. But Albion have been playing League One, League Two sides. They've been sitting fairly deep. Um, they know they can't come out and play like proper, like properly. So, look, and there's a lot of Championship sides that'll do that as well against them next season because Albion are going to be a big fish in the Championship with some, with some, with the vast majority of weeks the best players on the pitch. But <clears throat> yeah, it, it's just not. It's just. He'll get. I think he'll get. He'll he'll get better chances as as the weeks go by. Um, and eventually, I just think his brute force and physicality and pace are going to just lead to goals. Along with his touch, his touch will improve. Um, is it's definitely he is definitely just rusty. I think a little bit. But we've got to cut him some slack. Like he, eight months is a long time. It doesn't feel like he's been out for eight months. He hasn't played football like it. But that is a hurt. Well over half a year, and it's just a long time. It's so, a long yeah. time. Don't panic about Daryl DK. He'll definitely come good. He's already shown at Barnsley he can score goals at this level, so it's gonna it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Uh, big week for Dara O'Shea. Didn't play at Oxford on Tuesday night because, as we were informed before kickoff, him and his partner have just welcomed their first child into the world. So, congratulations for all everyone at the Express and Star and the Baggies broadcaster, Dara O'Shea and his partner Joe. Good decision. He's done well for Albion, is he? Hopefully, he can can become that leading figure that he was really threatening to do at the start of last season before he had that unfortunate ankle break. Yeah, I kind of got no doubt that he will really. Yeah. I just think he's going to just kick on. Um, the thing with Dario Shea is he's an absolute leader, isn't he? Like even though he's young, mentality-wise, he's absolutely like spot on. He's just he's he's a bit of a warrior, isn't he? And I think he's going to be. He's just, he's brave. He's just, he's never going to, he gives his all every, every, every yeah. time he steps on the field. So that takes you a long way. He really does. And he's got, the, he's got quality as well. So <clears throat> yeah, I think he's going to be, well, yeah, I think he's going to, everyone's always said, haven't they? He's a future I'll be in captain. I don't think that'd be, that's just, now that's got to a stage now where it wouldn't even be a surprise. Like, I think we all expect that one day Dara Roche will be our being captain. And probably, and he will be a damn good one as well. Yeah. I think he certainly will be. Um, so that's good news. Just on some other news, you know, our podcast was really long last week because we talked about all the issues with that loans have been taken out and, and different bits and bobs. And Joe very articulately, articulately explained them. Um, oh, another issue's come up. There were, fans were getting worried about the stadium, weren't they? And we talked about that last week and nothing has really changed on the stadium front, despite the fact that there were a few people, you know, rumouring that Albion... That, could potentially sell their or in the f- future 
could potentially sell their stadium. With that in mind, a question's been tabled, but Albion fans have seen this, a question's been tabled at the, a full Sandwell council meeting next week from um, Charlemont and Grove, sorry if I've said that wrong, Charlemont and Grove Vale councillor Les Trumpeter, um, who's raised about the possibility of um, the Hawthorns <coughs> becoming a, a community asset of value, which would then ever stop the Hawthorns from being sold, whoever the owner would be. Um, this is something that's happened to Old Trafford, Anfield and other big grounds in the country in the past mm. few years. Um, do we know much about this, Joe, or is it just the question that's been tabled by the this this councillor for the local area for, for Sandwell Council? I know you talked about the uh, the stadium stuff last week. So I think we have to, we have to start by with that again, really, just for clarity, because there was there has been some concern that obviously Lai took £5 million out of the club um, to... to Centre a related party, and that has led to concerns amongst the fan base that he could potentially sell the Hawthorns, which which has had clubs have gone down that route before. Albion obviously never have. The Hawthorns isn't up selling, but like we've seen it before, owners have decided to sell stadiums to third parties to bring in cash. Um, now we did stress this last week, and it does need to be stressed again for the purpose of this conversation. And it is that nowhere in the account is ever that ever mentioned even I don't I think almost we're at the point where the words the Hawthorns are not in the account so like it's not it's not we this is net this is net this is never anything as far as official or anyone's ever been concerned about really like it's it what happened what it's stemmed from lies loan and the suspicion and the anger that 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 comes with that and look that doesn't mean it isn't a concern I'm not I'm not belittling anyone who's concerned about that because look when you've got an owner taking money out of the club, your mind rightfully goes to those places. It's a completely genuine concern. And that is why this councillor has tabled this motion, you would imagine. just It's just trying to give the Hawthorns every bit of protection that it can get. And that for that reason, I would completely welcome it. I think I think the vast, I, think, I don't think anyone wouldn't welcome it really. I think everyone at Albion would welcome it as well. Like it's it's only gonna it's only gonna strengthen the Hawthorns. Um Yes, yeah, so the council has tabled this motion to ask whether whether the council will consider making it. Um, what's it again? An AV, I keep calling it an AVC, but I can't remember. Um, C one two three. Uh, and an asset of value. Community, community asset of value. Community asset of value. So CAV. Um, yeah. So look, I'd be surprised if the council said no, they wouldn't consider it. I'm sure they will consider it, and then sort of, um, I'd imagine then it'll go. Hopefully, it'll go to like supporters groups will get involved, and there'll be a bit of a campaign to get this stage. Imagine it'll be a long, a long process if it was to to happen. Yeah, normally things these things are, aren't they? But yeah, I think it'd be a good idea. I think it would be a good idea. I think Albion fans should get behind it. It, from my my understanding of the situation is, this isn't. This is an extra layer of protection, it, but it's no more than that. Like, it, it, if I really, really think it should be done, to be honest, and I really, really think people should get behind it, and I really think it's important for the Hawthorns. I mean, like, I, I, if, I, if people don't know this, I absolutely love the Hawthorns. It's my favourite ground in the country, bar Wembley. Um, I, I absolutely love the place. Um, so, yeah, but look. If you had an owner that really, really, really wanted to go down that route and was determined to do it by hook or by crook, then it would still happen, is the truth of it. This is great and it will give a layer of protection and it'll make it slightly more difficult. But 
if it really, from what I understand, I mean, I could be wrong, but from what I understand, it's, I think that I think the, the best way to say it is it is just a layer of, of protection. Um, <laughs> at the end of the day, whoever owns the ground has kind of got the right to do whatever they want with it, but it would make it harder. Um, and for that reason, I completely welcome it and completely support it and um, will we'll support it 100% because, um, yeah, I'd more than happy to, be more than happy to do that. Yeah, that's come out this week. This morning, the new away kit's come out. You know, we've seen for months, Albion fans, when's the kit coming out? When's the kit? Everyone just loves to get hold of the kit. It's come out, Joe. Um, it's come out in um, in conjunction with the Cyril Regis Legacy Trust, which is an absolutely fantastic move from Albion, and the work they do is superb. Um, I think it's tremendous, and the fact that there's quotes from the Albion legend, Big Cyril, on it is uh, makes it even more special. What do you think? I, I like it. I mean, look, I like the I like the quote is on it. Like I've said to you so many times, so many times this podcast, I couldn't care less about kits. There's only like um, they got to come out every year. They got to be slightly different. It is what it is. I think people get too bogged down. And what I would say is, when when I would get annoyed, is I think Albin's home strip should be navy blue and white stripes, and I think Albin's away kit should be yellow and green. I think basically should be the same kit, but yellow and green. Um, I think that's the fundamentals. Like, I don't like it when they're not in yellow and green. Obviously, they'll always be in blue and white, but I think it should be yellow and green. This kit is yellow and green. Um, and then I think you've got to, for me, they're all the same. It's a shirt, it's a shirt, a badge, a brand, like a design, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like if they're winning 3 0 every week, I don't care if they're playing in a bin bag yeah. with like Albion on written on it. it. Yeah. It's all the same thing, really, just slightly differently done every yeah. year. But for so for me, it is all about the details now. Like it is all about making it cool, making it making it. Why would you, why why would that shirt make me sort of proud? Why would that shirt make me want to buy it? Why would what's cool? What do I like about it? And I just love the fact there's a quote from Sir Regis on it. That's what makes it cool for me. Um, for me, they've done everything right in terms of is it yellow and green? Tick. Yeah, great. That's basically the basics. Um, and then yeah, I think that's cool. I like it. I think it's cool. Um, yeah, that's where I stand on it. Yeah, happy with it. Happy with it. Um, just on a couple of other points before we, I'm gonna ask you. A, a, well, we're just gonna go through who we who we'd like to see sort of, or who we think would be starting on the, the opening day in a couple of weeks' time, and then we'll we've got loads of questions, so we're gonna rattle through them. Um, transfer wise, Albion have been strongly linked with Cameron Archer throughout the window, but some interesting comments in the ENS today. Um, I know they've been across multiple news websites. Um. He scored this week for Villa against Brisbane Raw on their tour of, Ast- of Australia. Steven Gerrard, previously when he talked about Archer, it almost sort of pointed to him going out on loan, but he's been very impressed by Archer. It looks like he's having a real, real push at Villa and could potentially be staying there. So that might be a spanner in the works for any potential loan interest, Joe. Well, I mean, I think Gerrard was always clear with that from from the start, really, that he wanted to look at Archer in pre-season. Um the lad scores goals, doesn't he? Uh, he looks like he's going to be one of those players, really. It looks like he can, whoever he plays for, he's probably going to score goals. At. So, I mean, look at his form thing in the 21s. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, he's just... He's the main I mean, man, isn't he? Yeah, he's just... he is. I mean, he is... He's, he's, he's as hot as they come, really, in terms of strikers. He is banging them in. Um, yeah, you feel like with Villa, there was always a chance that sort of they've got quite lofty aspirations, haven't they? They say they want to be top half Premier League. They say they want to be competing for a place in Europe. Could this season coming up be a season too soon for him in terms of that? That's sort of, I think, why everyone sort of thought Cameron Archer will go out on loan. Maybe you won't. Um, 
maybe you won't after all. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, who else have they got up front? Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins, isn't it? Who else? Danny Ings, Ollie Watkins, Keenan Davis, I think, is another one who's been linked with a move away on loan. But, yeah, but they're not going to build their team around Keenan Davis. No, and that's about it, really. Um, I suppose they're in the market for a striker, but yeah, that's not mm, You wouldn't be surprised if he ends up staying at Villa. Um, but yeah, I think he's going to score. I think, yeah, it's probably going to be a case of Cameron Arch is going to score goals next season, wherever he is. Like, could be is. Villa. Yeah. yeah, just on a striker who looked to be heading the other way and out of the Albion door. Well, it, it seems that way. Um, Callum Robinson's been strongly linked with the move to Preston. Preston have, have spoken about their interest, but Steve Bruce, ever the man for a good quote, has told the uh, the Deepdale side to put their money where their mouth is. Um, in terms of that, Joe, it shows that even though you know Robinson, someone strongly linked away, Albion are not going to sort of be sort of led into it to cheaply. Really, they they, they want to get, even though they need to get players off the books, as we heard throughout the summer and this overhaul, they're not going to do it without losing money. Well, they're not going to do it while losing money. Yeah, well, so it seems like the way Bruce said it was sort of in a way where maybe there hasn't even been an offer. Like I mean, like look, clubs talk constantly so that i think like when there's natural form oh, we've said this before but when there's natural bid submitted um that's you, when it gets real isn't it that's well, that's when it's already agreed do you know what i mean you don't no one no one sends a bid for a million pound for a player gets it rejected then rings back with two, then sends another bid for two million that gets rejected and they send another bid for three million that gets rejected that just doesn't happen you talk on the phone and you go what what do you want and you're like oh we want four million they send the bid for four million pound then it's not like you just negotiate before all that comes in, but it sounded a bit like obviously that talks will have taken place with Preston. Surely the fact that Ryan Lowe to come out and say be so strong and how much he wants Callum Robinson, but it sounds like they're they're a way off. Sounds like that what what Preston are willing to pay isn't what Alvin want at this moment in time. But I got a feeling Callum Robinson will leave, but I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced either. Like he's a good player at the end of the day and. It'll have a role, if he doesn't leave, he'll have a role to play at Albion, without yeah. a doubt. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to have to see how that unfolds, I think, because um, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like immediately close anyway, but it could be wrong. Things change very quickly in football, don't they? I mean, like a lot could have changed since we spoke to Bruce on Tuesday. I mean, it's almost 48 hours ago. Yeah, certainly does. Um, we've just put a story out today in the Express and Star. I, I sort of went on social media yesterday, asked for a bit of sort of fan interaction about the first game at Middlesbrough. Everyone's, you know, debating who's going to play where and, and who should start and, and how Albion are going to line up. Um, so about 40, 45 Albion fans got back to me with their sort of predicted lineups. And if you go on the Express and Star, you'll see the um, what the majority have gone for. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Joe, and I'm going to give you mine as well. So I've named who I think, not who I want, who I think Steve Bruce will line up with against... Um, against Middlesbrough on the opening day, but I want, I'm want i going to get yours first, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Oh, I did it last week, didn't I? No, did you? Yeah, no, you yeah, did. Yeah. Did you? I did, yeah, yeah. But but I, I, want do... Do it. I want you to do it again. I can do it very, very quickly. It's no problem. So, because I'm sad and think about it, I go 4-2-3-1, but maybe 4-3-3, three, three, but it doesn't change the person. But not, but not who you think, who you th- not who you want, who you think, Steve Bruce. Yeah, right. I, I think, all right, so yeah, and I think it'll be, like, Steve Bruce has to decide whether to go 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, basically. You'll do that based on the threats of Middlesbrough. Um, it amazes me how many people don't consider the threat of the opposition, and they just think you, you can name the same 11 every week. But 
anyway, yeah, so I think you tactically have to get it right, but it, just the way I'm going, it wouldn't um, change anyway, the personnel. So let, but let's say for argument's sake, it's 4 2 3 1. For me, it's Button, Furlong, O'Shea, Ajay, Townsend. Um, I don't think um, because Lou's going to be available. So midfield will be Mowat, Malumbi, and Swift. Um, Jed Wallace on the right, Carlin Grant on the left, and Daryl DK up front. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the two positions where fans are sort of scrapping out. It was that in front of the back four. Some going with Livermore, some going with Kushlu, but that obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, and then Dean Garner slash Grant on the on the left, which is it's probably going to be the two. Do you think they're going to be the two positions where Steve Bruce is going to have the most headaches? Probably because you'd say out of all that, the rest of the side probably names itself at the moment. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know, yeah, yeah. That's the, the, we know the, you all love Grant, Joe. We the debates on the left. The, for some reason, the debates on the left. Um, for me, it's like, it's difficult for me to comment on it because, and, it's, and this is this is in no disrespect to Grady because. I absolutely think he's the most... I genuinely think Greg Dingana is maybe the most talented footballer at the club. I think Swift probably runs him close now because he is he is very, very talented on the ball. In terms of... I'm talking in terms of technical talent. Um, but breaking news, you have to score goals to win games. And the only person who really sticks the ball in the net for Albion is Carlin Graham. I just... I, I, I mean, he, Bruce even said it after one pre-season game. He said, we can't just keep relying on Carlin to score. Like, uh, And it's the same... Uh, I mean, look, I'm not just saying, like, it, it, we're literally going off the last friendly. Like, it, it was Carlin who scored two goals late on. It was, it's always Carlin. Like, it's always Carlin that scores the goals. Like, we're, Albion is so reliant on them for goals. And everyone seems to think that there'd be more natural balance for Grady. That, um, I just, I just can't see it. I just think, I just think you, you've got to play Carlin Grand. He's, I think He's Bruce will. To be honest, I think Bruce will. I've put here, mine's exactly the same as yours. It just says Dean Garner slash Grant. I think Dean Garner can have a massive impact. And he will He will put, I think there will be a question in Steve Bruce's mind just because he's turned, he's returned to preseason as a bit of a different play. He looked a bit of a shell of a, a man last season, you know, running down blind alleys, just, you know, being shrugged off the ball so easily, just a shell of the player that we know that he can be. He's turned up this preseason. He's a bit of a tank now. He's, you know, he's probably bulked out. He's riding challenges. You know, the goal he set up in Northampton, I thought, was a superb goal. You know, all taking into consideration the opposition. Um, so I think the question will be there, and I think at some point he's probably going to be forcing his way in. But I think you're probably right, and Bruce will go with with Grant probably on the opening day. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Grady flourish. I really, and I think really he will. will. I think he will this season. Um... I just think Grant is so important. I mean, like, you could argue maybe that like, you could put Grant up front. I don't know, but yeah, um, yeah, um, you know, what I think I'm all about Colin Grant. Really. Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one anyway. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council. Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sanwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community 
irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or, alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right, questions of which we have quite a few, so we're going to rattle through quite a lot. Quite a lot have already been answered there because loads asked us who we were going to start at Middlesbrough or should so-and-so start at Middlesbrough or what's going on with your Cushloo, what's going on with the stadium. All of them have been covered, so if I don't really have any questions, I do apologise. Um, Jack Griffiths got in touch. Any idea what's happening with uh, Ray and Tullock? Is he in the first team? Is he about the place? We haven't seen him this pre-season, have we, Joe? He's sort of fallen off the face of the earth, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, it feels like he's a long. Obviously, feels like he's a long way off now. I don't. I, I, I haven't got any update on Ray and Tullock. I mean, I can ask the question. It just feels like so. I mean, he plays in the worst possible position, doesn't he? I mean, in terms of breaking into the first team. I mean, we literally are, have got wingers coming out of our ears. On wide forward, so yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's so far down the pecking order, so far down. I mean, look, he's probably behind Tom Fellows, and Tom Fellows isn't anywhere near it, really. Um, so yeah, long, amazing, really, because he was this time last year he was playing for Val in friendlies, and now we just don't even see him. Um, he needs to leave. Let's be honest, he's alone. Probably better to loan kickstart his career somewhere else. Um, question from Matt Wheatley. He's asked about um, Niambe from Blackburn, you know, any links to him. He's actually gone to Wigan yesterday, which I did tweet him back. Um, but he's asked if there's any truth in Lewis Graben, someone who's been released this summer, who a vague link. I know we spoke, mentioned Graben saying the other day, didn't we? And he played, I think he played for Bruce Aston Villa. Um, is there any, any truth that you uh, know in that, Joe? It's not a name of that, but I'm not saying no after what happened with him. So it's one at the moment. Oh, you're still there. Oh, is he st- oh I've lost him again. I lost I'm, him last week. I've lost I'm him again. It, I'm still there. Oh, you're still there. My, my, my internet just dropped out for a second. Only on the computer. I just saw the signal bars went right down to the bottom, but that doesn't normally do that. But... So what happens now when we start talking about transfers? Which is so, yeah, yeah. Even my internet connection is trying <laughs> to save me. Um, <laughs> just yeah. on that again, sorry. Any links to grab it, I think. The I, don't, I don't know. It's an answer. Like, I'm not going to rule it out after what happened with you, because um, it's not a name I've heard, but I mean, I've been in a striker who's played under Bruce before. Yeah. It's 44, though. Yeah. I don't know. I I haven't heard it, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Any ideas on Kyle Bartley's future? This is, sorry, this is from NLH underscore 16. Uh, Yeah, I expect Bartley. And now I expect Bartley to stay. Um, If I'm being honest, I think he would have been one of the ones that. Do you think he has much for future at Albion, Joe? Yeah, he's going to be down the pecking order probably a little bit, isn't he? Well, he's certainly not going to be one of the main two, I wouldn't have thought. I think you'll push for main two, to be honest. Um, last time Albion got promoted from this league, show me a giant Carl Bartley with a centre half. So I think I think you'll push for it. I think I think there were times I think up until about March last season, you can make a case that Carl Bartley was actually Albion's best player. He was he was, he was I mean the team weren't doing a lot, but they were defensively solid and he was a big reason for that. Um, I still think Bartley's a good player. I just I just think that Albion need freshening up. Everyone knows he needed freshen up in the summer. Sort of, some players have been there for a long time, especially yeah. sort of senior players. And I think it's more that really, rather than it wasn't. It's not really Bartley's performances that have 
made fans think he could be the one one level players to go. It's more just that he's been at the club a long time. He's a senior player, and there needed to be a sea of change. There needs to be a bit of a attitude change in the dressing room. There needs to be different different voices needed to be heard. I think, and for that reason, Barley's always been on the list of potential outgoings. I think there was. I think Alvin would have listened to offers for him earlier in the summer, but I think he is a good player. I think he will. I think he will have a good season. Um, and I think he's on a lot of money, if I'm honest. I think his, his weekly wage is um, quite substantial. So I'm not quite sure who'd be willing, who else would be willing to take that on. He's only got a year left. Um, but I think, from what I'm, I mean, I've only heard rumours what his wages are weekly. So I wouldn't ever be, com- I wouldn't be willing to say them publicly. But if they're what I've heard them to be, then he isn't getting that anywhere else in the championship. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's a bit hard. I think I, at the moment, Bartley's future is probably at Albion, um, yeah. probably for an, until the end of the season. You'd imagine, you would imagine, I would imagine that to be the case anyway. Yeah, uh, Monk 05 WBA, very early doors. But if you were to predict our player of the season winner, who would you go for? It is very early doors, isn't it? Who's your pre season player of the season prediction? I'm going to go with mine, I'm going to go with Jed Wallace. Okay. Well, I'll go the opposite and I'll go, well, it's not the opposite, but I'll go John Swift. There we go. Even though, I, well, I mean, I really like Wallace, I think, is rapidly going to become my favourite player. He's going to rival Adam Reach for favourite. Um, but yeah, I think um, I got a feeling Swift is going to, I think Swift is going to be the man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anthony Keff. Um, hopefully, you've had a chance to ask Bruce, but what are the plans for Taylor Gardner Hickman? Um, Cheers for your question. He played at right back against Crew, didn't he? We've seen him in pre-season. I think he came on at Oxford the other night. Um, yeah, I'll ask him next week, to be honest. I said this on the podcast last week. That, um, it's just a bit weird. I feel like Taylor garner Hickman needs a proper... I said that... I said that, I am really am repeating myself from last week, but I don't know how else to say it, so I just have to repeat myself. When I see Steve Bruce at the minute, it's after games. Games are obviously... When you speak to the managers after games, it's quite... It's a, got the game hat on it's like it's only quick something like five minutes managers tend to this is every manager it's not just steve bruce but answers tend to be shorter they tend to it tends everything tends to be not rushed but you're very very conscious you're stood by the side of a pitch that the game's just finished there's a lot going on around you yeah. players are warming down people are walking past it's just it's a little bit or not awkward because it but it's just it's a different environment, it's a different feeling. Whereas when you go to the training ground before a game, you're sat there, everyone's got a coffee, you've all got some, uh, you're in a quiet room, a nice room, nice chairs. Everyone's just a bit more relaxed. Bruce is very relaxed. You get better answers. You get going to, you can elaborate on things a little bit more. I think that's where we're at with Taylor Gardner Hitman. I think it needs that sort of thoroughness. Um, like I think we're all kind of I think everyone's got a soft spot for him, everyone can see what a talented player he is. But also, I think we can all see that at this moment in time, there's Albion have got real good options wherever we would play. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think we. I think there needs to be a proper chat about Gordon Hickman, really. Come back to you on that one. Um, yeah. What you'll you'll like this question, but I'm going to ask it because I know it'll wind you up. What away day, match day food are you most looking forward oh. to next season? I'm looking forward to Sunderland and Norwich. I haven't been there. They're big grounds. I reckon they're going to put a good spread on, to be perfectly honest. Well, there you there's, go. There you there's, go. There's a few that I'm not looking forward to. Um, I won't name any names. I'm not going to slander any football clubs. 
Um, do you think there's a possibility we will look at any players overseas? Obviously, okay, Lukushu's okay. Lukushu has come from overseas, but he's someone who's very much known to the the hierarchy at Albion. Um, is that a possibility, Joe? It, there hasn't been too many links this summer, is there, with with players other than players in in the UK? Yeah, I don't think we will really. In terms, of, I think that's something that Ron Gourlay is trying to build, isn't it? He said yeah. in his first meeting, the rest he's trying to build like this international scouting network. Unfortunately, it just doesn't happen overnight. Like it does take a lot of work. You can't just click your fingers and have top scouts in every country. Um, yeah, look, I don't, I don't expect Albin. To, I think Albin will bring in probably two more players this window, two or three maximum. But I would reckon it'll be two. Um, and I, I honestly think both of them will be loanees. I think both of them will be loanees from Premier League club. I think one of them will be a striker. I think one of them will be a defender. I'm not quite sure where. Right back, centre back, maybe. But I think everywhere else, they're pretty well stocked. So I think, yeah, that's all I'm expecting. Two more. I, I would expect them both to be loanees, and I expect them both to be from the Premier League. Yeah. Next question. Any idea what's happened to Zahor? Bruce was bigging him up a few weeks ago. I think I'm right in saying that he hasn't been in the last three squads with the, squads with the first team. Uh, there's a little mention of Zahor in the piece that I did in the Express Star today, but uh, is it our understanding that we probably won't see much of him anymore, Joe? Yeah, uh, I was going to say I think that ship sailed, which is proper like Yukuslu uh, territory, but I think that ship, I think the Kenneth Zahor ship may have finally sailed um, in terms of Bruce does mention him after games. In, in like kind of like a well I could be reading too much into it well I feel in kind of like a polite way he's just not leaving them out um, he's still trying to say he's in his thoughts but look the, the truth is that he hasn't been in the last three matchday squads he's been playing for the under 23s and if you're Ethan Ingram that's okay because like Ethan Ingram will probably go out on loan this season and they'll be on that loan where he really tries to impress Albion to come back for next season something like that like it's okay to be playing for the under 23s when that's your career trajectory like you you're playing a long game really um so Hall isn't like he's out of contract next year I mean look it, we've all seen him play a very very disappointing games for Albion we all know that there's there was there can be a player in there we all know he was very very good he had a very good spell for Cardiff but it's been so long since we've seen it I think Bruce has tried I really do think Bruce has tried but look I mean the fact no matter, no matter what Bruce says, the fact he is playing under 23s friendlies kind we, of says, says it all, really, doesn't it? I mean, I, I can't yeah. really think of anything more damning than that. I mean, Bruce can't even be bothered to include him on the bench. Like we but see he, him, don't we? We see him in a bit part performances in pre-season, but we don't see him in training. So which Bruce did praise him for, you know, he said he's been working really hard to try and salvage his Albion career, but obviously... Probably Bruce has seen enough maybe behind the scenes and I think he played at Macclesfield a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, last time I'm playing Portugal. Um, yeah, he started that game in Portugal. Abby went 4-4-2 with DK and Zora Hall up front against Leighton Orient. Um, but I can't remember if that's the last time if he's featured in any other friendlies, to be honest. He came on at Steve Nist, didn't he? Did he? Um, I think that was it. He hasn't been in a squad since. Yeah, well... It is pretty damning. Yeah, I think it's fair to say no one's hanging their hat on Kenneth Hall next season. Yeah, um, it'd be a miracle, yeah, wouldn't it? Safe, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scott WBA, what are your current thoughts on Jake Livermore with Yukushli coming in? 
having Malumbi Mauer and even TGH, a competent midfielder or can be a competent midfielder, do you think he'll feature much this season or do you think it's time to pass the armband on to someone like Dara who will be a regular starter? That's quite a good point. I've always been a massive Liverpool fan, um, particularly under Slavin. I thought he was immense. Um, obviously, in the Premier League, he struggled. For last season, he got some unfair stick. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think the time does appear to be catching up with him a little bit. I still think he's a very useful player at this level, but I think for me, when under Slavin, he was one of the best players in the league. Now he's. He feels like he's a squad player. He feels like he's a squad player. And look, I'm sure he's going to get loads of minutes throughout in the season. I'm sure he'll start plenty of games. I'm sure he'll come off the bench in plenty of games. Um, but yeah, I just got the feeling. You just get the impression he's not going to be like first name on the team. Not first name, you know what I mean? But like not guaranteed to start, which he has been, let's be honest. Up until Sam Allardyce came in, Livermore was as good as guaranteed to start. Yeah. Um and that, that changed under Sam. And then, yeah, I think that's where he is now. I think he's, now, I think he's probably a squad player. Um, but, I mean, I can't think of any championship players have got a player like Jake Livermore as a squad player. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, Carl Jones has tweeted with a load of laughing faces. When's Dwight Gale coming? That's um, quite a funny question. Uh, I, I know we've, said, we've, seen, we've seen the links, and we, Joe? We've seen every window, but... From what we've read last night, he looks to be heading to Stoke, by all accounts. Yeah. Um, hopefully that'll put 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 an end to these four-year-long rumours of a romantic Albion return. Yeah, fingers um, crossed. <laughs> uh, we've talked about the work permit situation. Um, with five club, well, sorry, five pubs with five subs in place next year. Surely keeping a couple of younger lads around to bulk out the squad will be necessary. Who do you think will stay as part of the squad instead of loaning? Taylor and TGH, I'd say, are the obvious ones. Um, we've talked about Taylor. We've talked about TGH. What about Zach Ashworth this year? Joey, obviously, he's the backup at the moment, is he, to Colin Townsend? We've heard that Bruce in an ideal world would like maybe two fullbacks um, as backup. I think um, Ashworth will stay. I think he'll yeah. push. I think, I don't think, I've still got a free, I really like Caleb Taylor. I really, I've said it so many times, I think he's got a massive future. I still think he will probably go out on loan, probably, just, just for his long-term development I just think I think the consensus at the end of the wind that near towards the end of the window he will probably benefit more from playing games and stay in and having what will be a bit part role at Albion next season really because of his age he's not going to be ahead of Carl Bartley Dara Shemi Ajay next season um, and I think for that reason they could keep him it's, it is difficult on the Taylor because I, I do think he's such a good like such a good player but if he goes out on loan to a League One club, whoever that club is, they're going to have a, they'll have done really well to get him because he is going to be good. Um, I think he's going to be class for Albion, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's going to be class. Yeah, but I think, and he's definitely going to be class in a few years' time. It's just, um, yeah, Ashworth will, I think Ashworth will stay. And then I've got to be honest, I think Albion's squad's quite bloated. Like, I think his fullback is the area of concern. Um, um, there's not a lot behind Darnell Fairlong. I'm just not convinced TGH is a is a is a right back. Don't think Matt Phillips is really, but there are potentially options there. Left back, you could go Townsend, Reach or Ashworth. So there are options there. Centre back, we probably need maybe another one if Taylor goes out on loan. 
now Kipper and Clark have gone. But yeah, I don't think it just depends who leaves, doesn't it? Really, like I mean, look at the, this moment in time, we're not we're not starting Callum Robinson or Carlin Grant or Grady Dean Garner on the left. When like Matt Phillips, I still think's best off the right wing. Like, but we've got Jed Wallace there, um, and we've got Taylor Gunn Hickman who can play on, which probably is his best position. So. John Swift is a turn a bit like there, but TJH could go in there. Matt Phillips has played in the turn. Wallace has played in the turn. Yeah. So I, I personally think Alvin's course quite bloated. I, I, I don't think we're like, even with five subs, I still think there's plenty of options there. Yeah, interesting to see who does go out and load. Thank you very much for your questions, Albion fans. Really appreciate that. We haven't had our fan clip five minute video today the guy who was on the latest latest on the list wasn't available till later on the evening this week so but we'll be back with that next week um and for those of you on the list you are in list order so i will be getting in touch with you at some point across the season um right just finally as we said it's the last pre-season friendly probably the most exciting one on paper albion will take on uh, bundesliga side hertha berlin on saturday at the hawthorns final pre-season game uh, just had a bit of a scan this morning, Joe, of Hertha Berlin's squad. few notable names from English football. John Joe Kenny, former Everton fullbacks at Hertha Berlin. Dedrick Boyata, Man City and, and Celtic, to name a couple. Um, Kevin oh, Prince-Bota. Yeah. Kevin Prince-Botang played at Portsmouth and played at some other big clubs as well. Um, and Stefan Jovetic, ex-Man City centre-forward from a few years ago. Um, probably a few others in there who've played in England. But Joe, it's going to be a, it's going to be a firm... Sorry, it's going to be a firm test, isn't it? Do you think the lineup we see against Hertha Berlin will be as close as possible to that that we'll see the following week at the Riverside? It's hard to know. Um, and I'll tell you why it's hard to know. Because everyone expects it to be. So I know a lot of managers don't in the last pre-season friendly. A lot of them, look, at the end of the day, you've only got so many players, so many options. But it wouldn't surprise me if, the formation we set up in against Hertha Berlin won't be the one we set up in against Middlesbrough um, for the pure reason it gives Middlesbrough something to think about in the week. Um, but I know a lot of managers do do that, but it might be. It might be. It, like they, they have to form partnerships and stuff. So, yeah, I think the best thing to do is, look, is to see it for what it is, which is the last friendly of the summer, the first friendly at the Hawthorns, um, like, I, I take my hat off to people who go to away friendlies. Like, a fair play to you. Like, I admire it. Yeah. I really do admire it. Like, I'm all for an away day, but for an away day friendly, I, I really do like I've, That is true support. I mean, I felt so sorry for the people who've gone to Oxford. I mean, the game was dreadful. And, and, and let's be honest, the vast majority of friendlies are. They're just boring. Um, so for people to travel and go and see them, Amazing. Um, this Her Berlin one would, I probably would go to that as a fan, if I'm honest. Like, it's European opposition. You'd be it a is... fair weather supporter, wouldn't you? If you were, a oh, mate, fan. yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, it's a bit of rain, bit of rain on Tuesday. Oh, man, give it a miss. Um, Her Berlin, yeah, German team, Bundesliga, got some fairly like sort of household names. It is the last friendly. First friendly at the Hawthorns. For a lot of people, it is going to be the first chance to see John Swift, Jed Wallace. Just um, one interesting point, Joe. I've just thought about I know about four, five, six pods ago, we had a big chat about the fan zone and stuff. Do we know if that's going to be there on Saturday or is it for the season? 
They have announced when it's coming back. They have. I can't remember the top of my head if it's for yeah. this or if it's for what. I don't know. I don't know. You put me on the spot there. The album have definitely announced that. That that information is a very quick like that is out there. Quick Google job. Yeah, it's a quick Google job. Yeah. So and just finally preseason. You know, there was one left, but just the, the domestic preseason friendlies. Do you think it's been a, a good prep? You know. Six, however, so many weeks. Good. Albion have had good preparation. You think ahead of the championship season? I think they're fit, which is the most important thing. Um, I think they're in good nick, and yeah, I think I think, look. You see, like it really doesn't matter, does it? it like a right will go and Steve Bruce on it. Like it really just doesn't matter. I say it all the time, but we played six games. You'd lose every single one of them if it meant mid- winning at Middlesbrough, um, and. Like last thing you want to do is win one of them and then lose at Middlesbrough. Yeah. So it's just like, they haven't really got any injuries. Touch words, they've got to get through one more game. Um, I really, really think Albion need another striker. I really, really do. That's definitely priority number one for me now. But the, thankfully, Daryl DK has got through every game so far in good shape, and, and he's fine. Because look, even if, even if he's been a bit rusty in these games, even if he hasn't been at his at the what we're expecting to be his best is Barnsley best if you like when he was float like banging him in at this level. He draws people to him. He he scares the life out of defenders. Like he, even on a, even if he's not con- contributing a lot, he's still contributing Daryl DK because he's yeah. just such a he's always going to make opposition defenders think. He's always going to drag two people towards him. He's just because he's just so physical and so quick. So you take him out of that. I mean look, you got Carlin who can play out there. I'm still not convinced about Carlin as a striker. Um, I saw Albion labelled through too many games last season with Carlin or Callum up front or Matt Phillips even. Um, so I think that's the most important thing, keeping getting DK fit, getting everyone fit. And yeah, that'll be... If you said to Bruce now, you lose 1-0 on Saturday, but I absolutely guarantee you everyone comes through it unscathed, he'd take it. Like yeah. That's the truth of it. Like you, you just didn't want that. There'd be much more of a concern to get an injury yeah. to a key player. Um and a result, so yeah. But 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 I think it's a good day out. I do think I do I do I genuinely think this game is a good day out. Whereas the Oxford one, as I said, admire everyone who went, but yeah, you'd have to have good fun in the pub before and after to make that worth your while. It was it was <laughs> dreadful. You certainly would. Well, excitement is rising. Um, there are a few concerns from certain areas of the Baggies fan base. A few worries. You know, who wouldn't be after last season, but a good performance against Hertha Berlin, you know, and a result at the Riverside in two weeks' time um, is what we all want to see. Hopefully, then both them things come off. So we'll be back next week. Until then, it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye.